right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Property Players Podcast. Guys, I uh, we're talking all things real estate here. And today I have a special guest on with me. Him and I have been kind of chatting for a few months or so trying to make this happen. And we finally made it happen. So I'm excited to bring him to you. Uh, Mr. Nat Wallen, how are you, Nat? I'm doing great. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was my pleasure when we got a chance to connect on Facebook, right? Good old social media brings people together. We got a chance to chat a bit and I know you have some special things going on and you know, you've been in the industry for a little bit. So I wanted to bring you on just to give you a chance to kind of chat a little bit more, introduce you to some of the community and some of the listeners and we'll just go from there. So let's just jump straight into it. Now, tell me a little bit about you. You're, you're down in South Carolina right now, but tell me the origin story. Where does Nat come from? Okay. Yeah. So I'm in Charleston, so I'm on the coast. And I'll try not to go too far back, but just real quickly, in high school, I always worked for myself. I had a pressure washing service and a lawn service, and I would go out and wash people's windows. So I would basically go out and just make money. I never really had a job. I mean, I may have had a short job with Domino's here and there, but for the most part, growing up, I would go out and make my own money. And I studied art in college. I went into school really not knowing what I was interested in. And I had always drawn and painted and was just drawn to, you know, kind of the creative side of things. And I got out of school going, okay, what am I going to do now? And I said, okay, I'm going to go into real estate. And that was back in 1995. And so I've been doing that ever since. And it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Obviously, it's tough when you get started, but I kind of got into a rhythm after a few years and built up a pretty good book of business and basically, you know, have been a, you know, one of the upper agents, I guess. I hate saying top producer because that's (laughs) very, you know, kind of uh, ego stroking, but I mean, I. But my company says I do well. I've had years where I've sold, you know, over a hundred houses with just one assistant. Nice. So, so I'm trying to keep shoes on the kids and food on the table, you know, Understood. So, and I love doing it. So, yeah. So what, what gave you that initial, so going all the way back, what gave you that initial thought to be like, Hey, real estate's the way I want to go after you've bounced to a few different businesses as a kid? You know, it's funny. My dad was in real estate for a short time. He actually kind of transitioned out of that when cell phones came out and he, you know, not to go too far off into that world, but he ended up getting a cell phone tower. But anyway, I had a very limited amount of exposure to the real estate industry. But I remember when I was, you know, in college, you know, I played in a band, I'm a bass player, a guitar player. And I remember going, man, you know, making ends meet, this is tough, you know, what if I could make like $50,000 in a year? And that was like this golden opportunity. Like, wow, what would I do with $50,000? You know? So what got me into it? You know, it was really just a, um, I did work for a company for a very short time, maybe six weeks. It was a, it was a music warehouse type company. It's called Music Corp. And basically we would call on guitar centers and sell them strings and picks and any kind of musical thing you would need. And they were very kind of militant in their approach. And if you showed up two minutes late, they were like waiting at the door for you and, you know, 30 minute lunch. And if you come back, you know, five minutes late, they're like sitting you down in the office. And I was just like, you know, I cannot be held down like this. So I was like, I need to kind of be able to set my own schedule and not be under someone's thumb you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was like, all right, real estate, <laughs> you know, and, I <laughs> and, you know, started calling for sale by owners basically. And, and, you know, things were much different back then. So that I was, was going to say they had to be different back in the late nineties, early two thousands. 
Yeah, it really was. I mean, you know, I had like a, I remember the, uh, the MLS books were being printed. Like it was the last month that they were being distributed, you know, windows 95 had just come out. Okay. So, you know, I, I had like a pager, you know, and like <laughs> the, uh, I'm trying to remember all the phones I've had, but you know, I remember sitting in this little cubby and it was very different because people would come to me needing to know what was for sale because the only option was go talk to a realtor. And we got like, you know, fax information, very, you know, very, not a great MLS when I first started out, obviously. I mean, it just kind of like come to a computer out of books, but my role was pretty well defined. People would come to me, they would need to know about the houses for sale and I would know about them. Uh, And so my value was, my value proposition has changed pretty dramatically because as you know, everybody has everything right in their pocket, Zillow, Trulia, you know, they, yeah. people know about houses before I do. Sure. You know what I mean, so it's been a little bit of a shift. It's gotten more convenient because I, you know, when I first started I when I'd go show houses, I would have to show a lot of houses, you know, right. 20 at a time. Right. Wow. And there was no GPS. So I would have to get this map book and I'd have to find every street and then go into the back in the index and find where the street is and literally plan my day for like two or three hours, wow. you know, and I'm driving down the road with the book and you know what I mean? Sure. So things have gotten much more efficient and easier because obviously I can just talk to Waze and it can tell me exactly where to yeah, go and I'm going to get there. And on the buyer side or the consumer side, you know, they have everything for sale. So I only show like a few houses and I sell one instead of 40. (laughs) So it's great. How do you think, how do you think that's affected today's agent, today's realtor? I mean, you got experience doing it the hard way, I guess we could say, right? The hard way off of a map, off of a book showing multiple 20 plus houses, but you know, people coming up that are two, three, four years in real estate right now, they don't have that experience. How do you think it's, help them or hurt them? You know, I think, I don't know if it would help or hurt. I mean, all I can base it on is like what I had to deal with, but now reality is like, okay, we're an Instagram, you know? So I think the challenges, and and I don't know if it's necessarily a challenge, but I think just the reality is, is that we have to create relationships with people because the data is out there, right? And how do we set ourselves apart from all of the other people? And the reality is, is that, if I know you and we're friends or we have a good connection and you trust me and well, then it, I'm the natural person, right? So it puts the relationship really up front because the data is already happening in the background. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Did you see the same things when you were getting started out? Was it always the build trust, the relationship? How has that differed? Yeah, that was a big part. But again, you know, people would come to me because they would need to know about houses for sale. So my, when I say my business was a bit of a roller coaster ride, I would literally go and just get a few listings, four or five listings, and then the phone would ring Mm. and I would get really good at converting the incoming call. I would go and sell, I would either sell all of my listings or I would sell them something because they didn't know about everything for sale. And so, you know, my listings would dry up, my business would kind of go down, I'd have to get a few more listings, the phone would ring, I'd start converting the incoming call again. So it was just very kind of up and down in that way. Got it. Uh, I then got into sort of a, a mindset of being a focused on listings because it's kind of like going to Lowe's, you know, if they didn't have any product in the store, then 
I wouldn't go. No, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, so I tried to get the product in my store and then people would come to me. And so, and is then that, is, is that strategy still working now for you? Is that still what you do? Well, yes. And yes, it is. I mean, that's a big part of it because I can, you know, I, I do work with buyers, obviously it's much different than it was before. But as far as leveraging my time, if I have 20 houses for sale, I can literally sell three houses on a Saturday without leaving my home. Yes. You know, I could, I could never jump in the car and do that, you know, get three or four buyers in the back seat, And it's like, all right, there's one, which, which one are you going to take it? You know, that, sure. that doesn't work. <laughs> you know? uh, sure. So production wise, it's, you can be, uh, and I think, I don't think this is new news to anyone. But, you know, you, you list to last and you can crush it. If you have 100 properties for sale, you know, you're going to sell 60 of them in a year. Absolutely. You know, um, Absolutely. How did you get listings back? Like, so again, kind of going through the story, when you were coming up in the real estate industry, how were you getting listings then? Were you just, you know, like you said, calling on the for sale by owners or yeah. door knocking flyers, the whole nine? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was no door knocking, no flyers. I met a guy out of Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is kind of a little country town. And he, uh, I was selling about 20 houses a year and he's just this country guy. I went to a seminar in Atlanta and this guy went from selling 20 houses a year to 75 and then 150 and then 258 and then 312. And it was all because of him changing what he did every morning. And so I learned from him. And so my day was pretty simple. I would come in in the morning. I would stand up in front of my computer. I would have a list of people, expired listings and for sale by owner listings. And I would literally do what he calls the flip and turn where I would have them all, you know, in a stack and I would just call people flip and turn, flip and turn. And then I'd say, you know, I don't want to share his scripts because, you know, they're, they're his scripts. But look up Andrew Lacey if you're interested. Andrew Lacey training or the Lacey group out of Spartanburg. He'll, he can teach you a lot. But so basically, I would set an appointment. I would prospect for an hour. I would set between three and four appointments for that afternoon on a good day, two on a normal day. And then I would literally take them and set those pages aside. And then um, after an hour, I would pick up all those pages. I would do the research and create a CMA and get my folders together. And literally, I was out the door meeting people face to face, you know, from one until 6 p.m. every day. And when I first got into real estate, my broker told me, and this really kind of stuck with me. She said, if you're, you know, if you're not either talking to somebody face to face or, you know, by helping somebody write a contract or talking about a listing, then you're kind of not in real estate, you're unemployed. Mm -hmm. So I would use my mornings to go and get a job for the afternoon or be employed in the afternoon, which is being face to face with people. And that's sort of has been the, did it yesterday. You know, I mean, that's, I can't not do it, you know? Absolutely. People don't understand that there's certain things, there's certain things that are like the lifeblood of your business or certain things that create the activity. And so that's good that, you know, you, you learned that a lot of realtors, a lot of people in many different segments, even me in the financial services space, I teach our team and I, you know, I try to coach people and tell them they're like, Hey, listen, if you're not reaching out, like we're a contact sport, right? If you're not making calls, if you're not touching, you know, shaking hands, if you're not, you know, doing all of those things, you're not actually doing any work right? The emails, all that stuff, that's just busy work. But if you're not actually touching people, then, you know, it's for nothing. So it's good that you learned that. Tell me about that mentor. Was he one of like, would you say he's the most inspirational kind of mentor or person in your real estate career? He has been one of them for sure. I coached with him for many years and I've since, you know, back in 2014, I've had a little bit of a shift in 
my goals and my plans, which, um, you know, we can certainly get into. But he has been one. I recently also went to a, well, twice back in summer of last year, I met a guy named Michael Mayer. He wrote The Seven Levels of Communication. Let me show you. He wrote this book, Seven Levels of Communication. Okay. And, you know, my real estate career has been very much a volume based. And, you know, if you sell 100 houses a year, you're constantly just a little bit on the hamster wheel, right? Right. And I didn't really have a good system in place to really kind of keep in touch. There were just not enough hours in the day. I would write letters about twice a year, kind of like a family update letter. Yeah. A business update first. And this is something that Andrew Lacey taught me. He said, you know, if you're going to talk with somebody, you should talk business first and then get into the niceties, which I think makes a lot of sense. Because if I were to call you up and say, you know, hey, Chris, how's your family? Did you travel last summer? You know, how's your life been? Oh, by the way, you know, do you need some real estate help? Right. Well, then, well, then the, the conversation is kind of soured, you know. Yeah. You f- Less genuine. Yeah, it kind of feels duped. But if I yeah. flip that... And I say, Chris, hey, real quick, I want to give you a market update. Here's what's happening. I know you would like to have your finger on the pulse in real estate, you know, or if I even call you and say, hey, Chris, you know, if you know of anybody that I can help, you know, let me know. By the way, how's your family? Did you travel? You know, that's, it's just putting the business up front. So I think of it like the mullet, you know, the business up front and the party. (laughs) But I was getting to Michael Mayer. So he wrote a book, The Seven Levels of Communication, which is great book. So you should definitely check it out. But it's all about building those relationships and not even having to ask for referrals, but actually becoming referable, Mm. um, which which has kind of been a big shift for me because, you know, getting on the hamster wheel and calling the FISBOs and the expireds and driving across town every day, you know, it can be a grind. It's not very sustainable, but if you've got 300 people that love you and trust you and refer you, mm-hmm. then you're not out there competing and grinding the ax. So that's sort of the shift that I've been working on. That's awesome. I agree a thousand percent. That's what social media is in a 2019 setting. Right. That's what social media is. It's word of mouth on referrals. It's or excuse me, it's it's word of mouth on steroids. Right. Yeah. Like that's what happens. It's you getting your brand out there, you becoming top of mind, people liking you, getting to know you, getting to trust you. Something that I coach people and I always tell them, transparency earns trust. Right. So for those of us that are honestly building something, whether it's real estate, whether it's financial services, any other business that that could be, transparency earns trust. People have to know or feel like they know you or know who you are or what your family life is about. So then once that happens, then I love the fact that you said, then you can be referable, right? A lot of people want referrals, but they're not really referable. I don't know much about you. I'm not sure about your business ethics. I'm not sure about your life. I don't know you necessarily. I might know what you do, but I don't really know you. So that's important. That's the big lesson, hopefully for a lot of the community or the listeners that you guys pick that up. That's big. Are you referable, right? Would somebody want to refer you? I think is a big, big thing. Did you always, so you said you kind of switched and started thinking that back in 2014, you said? Yeah. So I've been working on a project that I started in 2014. I met Michael, you know, basically the market collapsed in 08 and I kind of crawled my way out of that for a few years. How did that feel? Like from someone in the industry at that time, like take me through your thoughts, feelings, what was happening during that time? Yeah. So like back in 2006, if I had a listing that didn't sell in like two days, I would think that I put the sign in the wrong yard. You know what I mean? It was just, like, it was just 
it was the way, yeah, it was the way that it was. It was like, this is going to sell, be prepared. We'll get five, six, seven offers on this house. I mean, it was super hot market Mm -hmm. as you probably remember. Mm -hmm. And then 2008, you know, you have 20 houses for sale and it's like, where are the showings? Because we didn't know that it was shifting under our feet. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And then after a couple of weeks, it's like, what happened? Where are the showings? You know? And then you start hearing of the bubble bursting and all the media and things like that. And it's like, you don't, you know, I'm telling myself or praying that the media would stop talking about it because I felt like they had such an impact on whether it was going to burst, you know? Absolutely. I'm not an economist, you know, but it felt like, wow, stop talking about it. You're going to make it real. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or make it worse, right? Like that's what the media does. Media blows everything up. It probably made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it made people kind of clam up and go, Ooh, I shouldn't be doing, I shouldn't be looking at houses right now. Right. 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 So it was really kind of like a year or so where, you know, I went from, I think I sold maybe in 07, sold like 50 houses in 08 or 09, it went down to 12, you know, and it, it was a lot more effort to sell those 12. And then everybody kind of realized, all right, we're upside down. Then the whole conversation changed, you know, dealing with short sales. Are you familiar with the short sale? I am. Yeah. So for the listeners out there, a short sale is basically, you know, if, you know, trying to sell a property, if you owe 300 to the bank and you can only get two, then you've got to go to the bank and say, Hey, will you take less? You know, will you take less than 300? And that process alone is really, really painful for sellers because, you know, it, it was a glut of problems And so here's what it looked like. It literally felt like, okay, I got to find a seller that's diligent because the seller has to be able to write the letter, grab all the documents, prove their case. So it it has to be a diligent seller that really wants this to happen. And then we get this big stack of papers and then we deliver it to the bank, the short sale, you know, expert or whatever. And then they've got stacks of paper. When they finally get to it, the whole package was dated and it was expired. So I had to go back to the seller four or five times and say, okay, fill out all this paperwork again. I mean, it was just kind of a vicious circle. So I've had, I would literally talk to buyers who would be interested in a short sale and say, okay, picture you wanting this house now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, now picture you wanting this house in three months. Now picture you wanting this house in 20 months and not knowing whether you're going to get it. We don't know if we're going to get it now. It might happen in three months. It might be six months. I've had like 19 month closings. Really? Short sales. You know what I mean? So it was just a total conversation shift. Uh, And then it's funny, the market came back in like 2011, 2012, it started building back up. And now I think we're probably, I mean, who knows, but I think we're probably at a plateau now. And I think that there are protections in place as far as, uh, you know, there are mortgage backed loans and, you know, the stock market isn't, you know, pulling the rug out from under us as far as I know, like it did before. But it's like that bubble never happened. You know, people are just like, I got to buy a house. I don't care. You know? (laughs) And I felt like during that time, you asked me how it felt. And I think during that time, you know, the money was coming in great up until then. It helped me become a better consumer because, you know, you know, money was tight and it was very stressful for family. You know, my wife is the moms. Mm -hmm. I'm the breadwinner. And so it helped me become a smarter consumer out of, if there's a silver lining in all of that, you know, just to be like, be a little more frivolous and sock a little more away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see it today in dealing with a lot of people, like you said, they like act like 2008, 2009 didn't happen. 
Mm-hmm. Right. As if like we could not see that ever again or that's not normal or whatever the case is. For me, it's about just educating people and waking people up that like, hey, those are that really happened. And there were really right, like there were consequences that came from it. There were things that you had to get through. And now we're back at a place nine years later, 10 years later, where things have been very good. So but we always have to be aware of the market flipping over or something happening in the economy. And I don't think people are aware or they've lost sight of it or whatever the case is. Are you seeing it still today, like out in the industry? Yeah, I am. I mean, I think a lot of people are at least, you know, the colleagues that have been in for as long as I have, I think people have kind of like a scarred but smarter mentality where it's like, okay, like Gary V talks about, you know, never being punched in the nose, you know, and I've been punched in the nose in 08. So it's kind of like always back there. But as far as new buyers go, Mm -hmm. or sellers, you know, everybody, obviously sellers, they just want to get as much as humanly possible. Buyers want to get a house. I'm not here to talk people out of getting a home. But when someone says, hey, do you think it'll go up? Well, I'm not allowed to say yes or no. I have no idea. But I do have some history that I can show, (laughs) you know, and talk about a little bit. Fortunately, I'm in a pretty good market. So even when the market was bad, we didn't go down to half price or anything like that. You know, it was, you know, we had a little fall off, but it was really just more of properties weren't moving. We didn't lose a lot of value here, but properties just weren't changing hands. Got it. Got it. So then as you're going through your journey and you're more on the agent side, now I know what you've transitioned into. You now have more of a consumer product, I guess, for agents and the consumer or explain a little bit about what you have going on now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I told you that I kind of grinded the ax and when the market shifted, I kind of came back into the real estate industry. I mean, you know, I never left it, but when things got to normal, I, I kind of started feeling like I need to do this differently. And I looked back and after selling over a thousand homes, I only had like maybe 75 people that I kept in touch with, 75 to 100. So I created a tech platform, which started back in 2014. So I created a tech company. My children are Bella and Ruby. Bella is my oldest, Ruby is my youngest, and they are girls, right? And so I named it Bella Ruby. And it's a four-part relationship. There are four tools in it. I'm working on a fifth now. And basically, the primary tool is called Engage. And I sell you a home. I want to stay connected to you for the lifetime of your home ownership. I always want to have a reason to call, so I'm going to give you free software to help you manage your home. And what that does is it extends my value into your life cycle and there's lots to it there. And then I've created a, and you know, we were kind of talking about the shift and my role early on was, Hey, I was the gatekeeper. People came to me. Mm-hmm. Now I need to be a content provider, you know, a content maker. And I have to come from, I can't come out and just, I truly feel like people don't care about market updates. People don't care about my recent listings. They don't care about the sales only if they're buying or selling like right now. Okay. But what people do care about is the value that I can provide. So I look at it like, all right, what can I do that that they can't get on the internet, that they can't find anywhere? So I've done a couple of things. Boeing recently, back in 08, they were kind of like our lifesaver. They decided to build their Dreamliner here in Charleston. So that brought a bunch of jobs into our area, like thousands, right? And I happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I met the head recruiter for not Boeing, but for a different company that 
ultimately was absorbed by Boeing. And I said, okay, wow, I've got kind of a front door access to this company coming in. So what I did is I created a Google Earth video tour of Charleston. And so I thought I could give this to people that are moving from Everett, Washington. And so that was sort of my first foray into kind of duplicating my efforts on the internet and providing value first. And that kind of took off. So I ended up creating a library of content. You know, I've got what to do on a Saturday tours and a boating tour and an obscure restaurant tour in Charleston and a pretty comprehensive Charleston overview video tour. And so I basically use Google Earth and I'm happy to share this. I actually have a a report on how to build a Google Earth video tour. So I'm happy to share that, but with all the listeners, but basically, can I just show you my screen? Would you mind? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let me just show you kind of what it looks like. Okay, so uh, this is the system that I created, but let me get into, this is a content marketing solution. And let's see here. So I want to get to the video tour. It's just going to take a second. So this is a Charleston overview video tour. And yeah, so basically I start with, I start with good content. This is a tour that I've created that basically gives people a a complete guide around Charleston area. This is where you'll find the new. And then people are like, wow, you know, this is very helpful for me and my family. In fact, I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, I've seen all of your videos. You know, we're looking to spend up to 800,000. We love your videos. Will you be our realtor? And I don't feel like that happens with a lot of people. You know, I I feel like uh, taking the steps, just like you're doing with this great podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like taking the steps to put other people first is just like the best hook in the water that you can put out there. Because if you start with giving, you know, then it'll, uh, it just kind of comes back to you. And I think that's the kind of the economy that we're in. We're in a thank you economy where you have to give, 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 just like Gary Vee says, you know, jab, 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 and then, you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's one of the things that people miss, Nat, to be honest with you. I think the fact that you would bring up Gary V, you understand like the model of, you know, being a media company first, comma, whatever you do. Yeah. When I heard Gary say that, like it was one of the things that just clicked in my brain. I was like, ah, this is why everyone gets it wrong because everyone tries to be the, you know, the real estate agent and then think that they need to put out, you know, some videos here and there. But if you switch and think it opposite, that you are the media company, that's what you're showing us here, that you've become a media company. And because of that, you've helped a lot of people on the back end and they've reached out to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just attracting people and that's where the shift came. It's becoming that media company first. And um, would you mind, I'll try not to be too self-promotional here. No, it's okay. But I'm super excited about this. So can I just show this to you real briefly? Yeah. Show us a couple of them. Okay. Yeah. So basically what this is, is, you know, I created a content marketing library. So this is pipeline. So it it does two things. First of all, I've created it for realtors. So I created a 55 part journey, which is everything from before you're looking until after you buy your home. And so if I meet you and you say, Hey, you know, this sounds great. You know, let's work together. I'm not ready for another 18 months. 
Well, then what I can do is I can share my knowledge with you, which I've created over a period of time. And these are just like little nuggets of information that are going to help me incubate you for until you're ready. Right. And, And so what you get is, you know, a quick landing page on, and let me find one that's not, that doesn't have a video on it. Let's see. I'm guessing that, guessing this one doesn't, I've, I've modified a lot of it. So out of the box, you know, it comes with a background image and a headline and a subheadline and then bullet points. I wrote all of this content for real estate agents and loan officers. And out of the box, it comes looking like this. Out of the box, it comes with just bullet points and a headline and a subheadline. Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, how can we make it to where people can personalize it. So I created a teleprompter. I wrote scripts. (laughs) And then so people can very quickly take the work that I've done and make it there. So if I record using the teleprompter, my whole screen will turn black. I hit the space bar and then this script pops up and basically it records the video and it it adds my video to the landing page. And it also fills the, uh, fills your YouTube account at the same time. That's Uh, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm a geek here. <laughs> you know, I, I, love, I love building this stuff, but check this out. So this is sort of how the funnel works though. So imagine coming from a place of giving, right. Mm-hmm. And then you're just creating this great content. Like, let me show you a better example here. So I recently sold a home that had some issues with a wild animal coming out of the crawl space. So it was chasing all of the workers out of the crawl space. <laughs> Got it. And so we met this guy named Mr. Critter. Um, and it was such an interesting meeting. I was like, I gotta make a video. So I, I made this video called everything you need to know about Charleston alligators, snakes, and real estate. Cause a lot of people have questions about like, what about alligators here? Right. right? That's like a big question that we get. So this is a 21 minute deep dive video on snakes, alligators, what to do if you get raccoons, rats. I mean, it's just really, really interesting meeting. Right? Sure. Sure. And so I, I put this out there and I run Facebook ads to this and I put this out there. And then, so it positions me to be this guy that's like, cause remember I need to shift my USP. One of my, what is my unique selling proposition? Everybody already has all the homes for sale. Mm-hmm. So this is information that I can provide where people can get to know me. They can, I can overcome objections about the area. And the cool part here is that People can request, you know, they can get a deep dive, then get into my other campaign. So people can basically tell me that they're a home buyer or a home seller or both, and then get into this, you know, this dripping of content that I've already created. So it's kind of like the funnel is here. Mm -hmm. Start with community content. They identify themselves in this way as being a buyer or a seller. And then I'm consulting them until they get ready. So that's that's sort of what I've been working on. That's awesome, man. Hopefully, like for those people that are just listening on audio, we're going to give you some links afterwards to make sure that you can get a chance to see all of this stuff that Ned has put together. Um, But for those of you that are watching this, that's awesome, man. Like the fact that you've created something that literally is going to be able to add value and continue to engage your prospects. It's key. It's key. That's, that's exciting. So Again, how long did it take you to put this whole thing together? And where was your mindset when you were putting it together? Did you know that's what you were putting together? It just kind of came out that way? Like how did it work? Yeah, that, my wife is rolling her eyes right now. Um, so it started, <laughs> it started out in 2014. I was just going to make 
a uh, simple tool where you put in your address and then it would I would tell you what your house is worth and it would be a lead capture system, which is something that's pretty prevalent in the industry. You, you see them on pretty much every website now. Sure. And, and I kind of came to the conclusion that consumers, I'm not really giving anything to consumers with that. And there's just so much competition. Nobody's going to pay for it. And it just didn't make sense. So I created a, um, I was talking to my developer one day and I was showing him a page on my website and I showed him a page that had all of my vendors on it. So I ended up creating, you know, dumping the first plan and creating what I call the vendor network, which is sort of like your digital resume or your, you know, digital Rolodex of sorts. Mm-hmm. So basically as realtors, we're constantly connecting people, you know? Mm-hmm. So what I did is I, let me just show you kind of a good version here. And I know that we've got listeners out there, so I'm sorry, but I'm, again, I don't want to make this a Bella Ruby commercial, but I'm obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm very close. You're, to passion, you're passionate about your baby, literally yeah, and figuratively, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is the dashboard that I'm giving homeowners. So, you know, I showed you pipeline, which is the content marketing solution, mm-hmm. but sell you a home, I'm going to give you this free software or complimentary software to help you manage your home. And so I created a welcome video. So I went the day of the walkthrough and I, you know, 10 minutes before they got there, I recorded this video. And the idea is, and basically what it says is, look, you know, this is not the end. This is the beginning. Your kids are three and five. We're getting ready to close on your home. I'll be here when they're ready to buy their first home. This is just the start, right? And so I'm getting them to remember not just me, but also what I was wearing the exact day of the closing, you know, and then homeowners, you know, this is a dashboard that basically this is a timer that shows them how long they've owned their home and different things like that. But the first tool that I created was the vendor network. So homeowners have access to all of my people. Mm. And so this is proven to be very valuable because I can walk into any business and say, look, a lot of people come into Charleston. I'm helping a lot of people and I would like to help you build your business. So do you mind if I send you business? So the idea is I can send a plumber, for example, or all of my contractors to a buyer. Mm -hmm. They can flip through my Rolodex and see what I have to say about each of them. And then they can reach out and automatically connect with them. And the beauty of it is, is that it's basically me delivering the lead to the vendor. It's like, hey, good news. I got a new lead for you. I hope it works out. So it puts me kind of in the middle. That was the first tool that I created. And then it just kind of grew from there. So yeah. That's smart. Again, that's either way, right? You being a natural entrepreneur, understanding how to build something out. This was even a smart way to go about starting the whole referral process, the whole right? Adding value in places before you receive it. Like that is the model right there. So I think what you have is awesome, man. I think a lot of people need to hear about it. I think I'm glad that again, you came on the show to get a chance to educate people about it. And I think it's really helpful. What have your experiences been with it? Like what have your results been? Have you seen people using it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I I run an ad in my town that basically a Facebook ad that basically says, I don't care whether you're buying or selling. I just want to help you be a better homeowner. Claim your free home management software. And I have a landing page in the system and uh, and people I'll, I'll show to you. So people can basically opt in and give themselves free software. This is a video and then they can fill out this form. And as soon as they do, they get their free software account. So it's sort of a digital farming tool. Yeah. That's working really well. And people are calling me and thanking me and just getting on my blog and 
So I'm kind of doing things like that. And then I, you know, this is available to um, realtors and loan officers. And I'm meeting a lot of people just all across the country that are excited about it. And it's, there are a lot of tools here. There are four of them in total. And uh, some of them are getting excited about the vendor network. Some of them are getting excited about pipeline and creating content and others are, you know, excited about giving software. So it's just, it's opened the door to a lot of relationships and meeting a lot of new friends. So it's been really, really awesome. And that's what it's about in real estate. In most industries, it's about creating those relationships, shaking enough hands, providing enough value that people want to do business with you and they want to talk to you and they want your friendship and your relationship. So I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Where do you see it going? What's the goal? What's the vision for it net? Well, the vision is to become the preeminent relationship-based tool out there. But when I say that, I have to be really careful because um, if I go back to what my broker said early on was, you're not in real estate unless you're actually face-to-face with someone. So this is definitely not a magic pill, (laughs) but I think it's a tool that will empower us. You know, there are a lot of people in our industry that are worried about Zillow taking over, and I'm sure you've heard those stories. I was going to ask, that was actually one of the questions I had for you, is what's your take on Zillow and Redfin and all these companies that are trying to jump in the space? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like the genie is out of the bottle. I don't hate Zillow. There are a lot of people that have a lot of disdain for this this thing that's happening, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, this whole opening up of our data back in, I think it was 04 that it opened up or 02, you know large corporations, multi-billion dollar corporations have been formed as a result of us giving our data. And there's a lot of, like I said, disdain for that, but they've also made my life easier because I only have to show two or three houses, right? Exactly. Uh, so our my positioning though is, okay, this has happened and what do I need to do? And it's just like Gary Vee says, you know, become the digital mayor and give them something of value and start with value. In fact, I logo or the slogan of my company is start by giving. And I, I actually trademarked that. I've done a lot of stuff in building software. If you're ever, if you're out there and you're planning on building software, reach out to me. I can save you a ton of time and money and I've made thousands of mistakes. But you know, the point is, is that, you know, just by giving and positioning yourself, we're talking Zillow, you know, they've got the buyer's, eyeballs. I'm not going to win that battle, right? Right. But what I can do is I can be local and they can't be local. And that's where Gary V's advice comes in, you know, become the digital mayor. And that's why I'm building these Charleston real estate video tours and all of this thing that is attracting people to me and breaking down the barriers. And that's why I created what I've created. And so my goal or the vision is to just help people be local realtors, you know? That's, that's it really. And that's awesome. And that is the thing that that's going to take you to the next level. Again, I believe in it a thousand percent that you give to get right. Whatever you're putting out there is what you're going to receive back. And the people like us that are give value more than what we take, right. The whole 51, the the whole 5149 from Gary V, right. Just be givers more than takers. I think it's really going to help us moving forward. So to kind of wrap up the podcast here, Give, give some of the listeners a couple tips. Nat, you have a lot of uh, experience in the industry. You've been through a bunch. Talk to the person that is two years, three years into the industry, right? That's when it kind of gets, you know, yeah. cushy or, you know, at that place where like you're figuring it all out. Give, give the listeners two or three tips of like what they should do to kind of hang in there or to kind of get their business to the next level. 
Yeah, that's a great point. So I truly feel like it was really hard for me to get my first assistant. And someone gave me the advice of, well, first of all, if you haven't done so, take a DISC test. So take a personality test on yourself. And the reason that I say that is because it will give you insight into you, but more importantly, it will help you deal with people because then you'll be able to recognize if you have an education on the DISC test, then you can recognize if you're with a driver mentality person or if you're with someone that needs to be really cautious and it will help you communicate. Like, you know, the social person is, can you picture the parties you're going to have at this place, right? And then the, the careful person is, you know, imagine your grandchildren, you know, on that swing. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and the driver is, look, I know you don't have much time. Here are the comps. Here's the deal. You should make an offer on it, right? So taking a disc test will give you great insight. So that's tip number one. Tip number two would be to, someone gave me the advice of, you know, if you're thinking about getting an assistant, I get a legal pad and write down everything you do in real estate for like a week. Just every single thing you do all day long. And then at the end of the week, look at that legal pad and go, all right, what do I absolutely have to do? right? And cross out everything that you don't have to do, like lock boxes and turning in contract paperwork, and then hand that over to your new assistant and say, this is your job, you know, (laughs) and that will get you into the mindset of like, I'm doing dollar productive, only things that I can do. And that will help you delegate. And even though it's a little bit scary getting that assistant, the freedom that that will give you to go out and be face-to-face with people, it will triple, quadruple your production. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. Secondly, thirdly, make sure to, sound like I'm preaching here, I apologize, but make sure to keep your eye on, you know, your people are important, right? Everybody you're dealing with is important. The people that you're showing property to, the people that are under contract, but also those important people are the next people that you can be helping. Because you can get wrapped into a bad deal and it can suck the life out of you and it can close. And if it sucks the life out of you and you're not finding the next person to help at the same time, then your business will dry up. And that's that roller coaster I was telling you about earlier. Um, So yeah, those would be my top three tips, I guess. Awesome. Those are great. Those are great. And for all the listeners out there, hopefully you guys are writing those down. If you are in that ballpark where you're just starting off in real estate or you're two, three years in and you're just trying to find that the things that you need to do to go to the next level, I would definitely take those into consideration and say that, hey, those are some things you have to do if you want to be successful and get to a place like Ned is at right now. So Can I add a fourth? Add a fourth one, Ned. Okay. So if you have a bad, you know, bad things happen, right? Great things happen in real estate, but bad things happen too. Things turn sour. People can be sour. What I would suggest when you have something bad happen, make the conscious choice to not have a bad month, not have a bad week, not have a bad day, but have a bad 10 minutes. Mm. Just move on. You know what I mean? It's tough for people. Yeah. Yeah. Those psychic vampires can suck you dry. So just make a conscious decision. I'm all right. This is terrible for the next 10 minutes. And then, you know, key word that Andrew Lacey taught me is next. Move on. Next. Next person I can help. Right. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's funny. I just coached one of my guys saying the exact same thing that he needs to understand how to compartmentalize and say, hey, I'm not going to let this. He basically had a a call from his spouse that really kind of threw him off the edge right as we were about to get to work. And he was like, this is going to mess up my whole day. And I was like, can't mess up your whole day. 
we're just about to get to work. You got five minutes. We need to talk about it and let's get to work, right? right? It's just about understanding like where your mindset is. It's going to dictate how well you do in a field like ours where you have to go see people. You have to be in the right spirit. You have to be able to speak. And when your emotions aren't in alignment with kind of what you need to go do, you'll, you'll not have a successful day. You'll allow those thoughts and things to knock you off track. So it's a good yeah. fourth point. I'm glad you added it, Matt. Yes, thank you. Hey, let me ask you this. Shoot. You've alluded to, I don't know a lot about what you do. You coach people. You have a team. To tell Dude. me about yeah, so just real basic. I'm in financial services. I'm my wife and I run an insurance investment company. Uh, but basically, I just teach people about money all day. Different from what the bigger companies, the Charles Schwabs, the Merrill Lynches, the Edward Joneses, a little bit different from what they do. Uh, they're dealing with normally top ten percent of Americans, ten fifteen percent of Americans. I'm taking a look at middle America, right? The the other 90% of us that typically don't get the financial literacy, don't get the help and putting in some real strategic things in place for them so that they can understand money. Again, the reason why I did the podcast is because I just, I would be around so many people in real estate that I just felt as one of the community, I felt like I was a part of it. And then two, sitting down with so many people, you'd be surprised or maybe you wouldn't be surprised that the number one thing when I asked them, hey, what are we looking to do in the next five to 10, the number one thing is always, I want to buy a home. It's just the way that it is right now. And I don't know if it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. Most people aren't in the best financial place in order to purchase that home. So that's where I come in and try to educate, but I see that a bunch. And because of what I do in business, I've been around, right? Obviously I, I have agents. I recruit and train other agents in my business, but just being in the market of right? Small business owners and all types of things that I do as, you know, that I'm looking for as clients. I just happen to step in the right circles. And you know, when you get in the right circles, you learn, you listen, right? It brings you up. So I started coaching a few other small business owners that I would know just on some of the stuff that we talk about, right? When Gary V is a foundation and he has some different ways to think about things, most people don't adapt them. It actually gives us an advantage. The people that do listen and pay attention and put things into practice, it gives us a leg up. And there are not a lot of business owners out there that understand that whole media company first, comma, whatever you do. And so I've, I've started sharing that with people. And not to mention, I've done my own personal development and reading and all of that. So I have a, you know, a level of knowledge. I've been punched in the mouth multiple times, right? Yeah. In, in life, in, in marriage and in business, the whole night. So when those things start to happen, you just feel like you have a story, you feel like you have a little bit more to give to people. And when you come from a place like us, where it is about giving first, and it is about the value first, I just try to find ways to be able to give. So that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I need to hook you up with a pipeline account. I, I, I will do that. I was going to say, I, I feel like you might need to, like after we got off, I was going to talk to you about it anyway, because it's solid. It's solid. Yeah. For the listeners though, tell everyone where to find you, Nat. Like where can people find you? Where can people find my Bella Ruby, right? Yeah. The website is bellaruby.com. Okay. So B-E-L-L-A-R-U-B-Y.com. Those are my two children, Bella and Ruby. And then real estate referrals. If you know of anybody coming to Charleston, South Carolina, I'm happy to help people. And obviously, you know, your referral is generous. So send them my way and we'll both, you know, be able to put more shoes on our kids. So uh, 
That's what so, this yeah. is about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This has been really a treat learning about you and just kind of reflecting back. And if I can help anybody out there, real estate related or not, or if you're starting a software company, like I said, I've kind of been through um, multiple channels and ups and downs with that and or real estate vice or whatever, you know, just have a question, just reach out to me. My website for my real estate business is natwallen.com. That's N-A-T-W-A-L-L-E-N.com. And again, Bella Ruby is bellaruby.com. And if you want some free home management software, hit me up. I'll give it to you. It doesn't matter if you're in Charleston or not. I'm happy to help. That's what happens when people want to give value. So Nat, I appreciate having you on the on the uh, podcast. And uh, for all the listeners out there, all the community, feel free to reach out. You know where to find me. We want to hear your comments. Reach out to Nat. Obviously, he has a ton of information, a ton of value, a ton of resources to be able to give you. So for those of you that are in the market for that, make sure you reach out. But until next time, guys, I'm signing off of Property Players Podcast. We'll talk soon. Yeah.